grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly, joining you here from Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, I guess Apple's earnings didn't spook investors too much, but I'm joined today by the always scary Dylan Lewis. How's it going, man? Doing all right. Uh, Yeah. Nice to be here on Halloween in the office. Uh, a pretty fun day planned. Yeah, so um, before we dive into Apple's earnings, which were not spooky in the not, least. Not at all. Um, very anxious to hear what your costume is, because you're not dressed up because we've got the show. And right, yeah, we're filming, so yeah, I didn't want to come in and then have to get undressed and then redressed. It was just going to be a whole to-do. So uh, after we do the podcast, I will be changing into my Samuel Adams Oh, look costume. at you, Mr. Patriot. This Brewer Patriot. You're just doing this because you were from Boston. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Um, I'm currently dressed as my evil twin. So oh, I'm probably going to trip you when we walk out of here. Oh God. Yeah. Walk so how out. do I how do I know which Sean I'm doing the podcast? I don't with? know. I actually I was thinking about I was like I probably should have gotten like a, a, a curly mustache. That would have been pretty funny. I know. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm evil Sean. So you've seen people walking around the office today. Yes. What's your favorite costume that you've seen so far? Obviously, Johnny Weathersby as Master Chief from Halo. Nice. Obviously. <laughs> I liked uh, healthcare uh, analyst. Christine Hargis as the Banksy uh, oh stencil, like that's the, the one good. throwing the flowers. Yeah. I thought that was pretty that's cool. That's pretty good. That's yeah. very creative. No, the amount of creativity that we witness in this office every Halloween is is awesome. I'm looking forward to watching the walk-off later It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, because yeah, it's going to be the music and all that stuff. <laughs> um, by the way, can I get a, a, a well done for nailing Vincent Price there? That was pretty good. I don't know. I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, geez, how did he do this? I anyway. need to watch that music video a couple times today. Yeah. Well, everybody does. Yeah. It's going to blow up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, all right, so without further ado, yes. um, Tim Cook's gearing up to have a good Halloween. I'm probably going to – he has enough money to hand out iPhones to every kid that comes up to his house. Yeah. Um, how, how, was, how was the quarter? Pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, they reported earlier this week. Uh, revenue came in at $51.5 billion, earnings at $1.96 uh, per share. Estimates, of course, were $50.9 million for revenue and $1.87 per share in earnings. Apple is notorious for undershooting on the guidance, though, correct? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I think uh, under-promise, over-deliver is kind of what you want yeah. out of a company. For sure. Right? Um, and I, I think – so this is 22% uh, year-over-year revenue growth. Um, and, of course, one of the interesting things to watch here is you know, we saw a very nice report last quarter, and right. the stock dipped. Right, and so it was going to be, which inter- was what revenue or guidance? I can't even remember. Some of it was related to iPhone sales, and some yeah. of it was related to guidance. But um, I think it's important just to kind of revisit what we said last quarter, and with this report and the guidance that they provided, kind of keep that in mind as we look forward with the company. Right, um, and so if you'll remember, uh, analyst expectations were about fifty-one billion uh, for revenue, and they had issued guidance of uh, <laughs> forty-nine to fifty-one billion, and so people were kind of disappointed that the upper limit on that guidance. Was what analysts were going to be expecting. They, you know, there, there's yeah. that margin of error there. We're like, well, if they miss, then they're going to miss what we're expecting. So you have a little bit of sell-off there. And this is something that I pointed out last time we did the show. I actually re-listened to last quarter's review. Did we sound good? Yeah, we sounded great, of course. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, you know, we talked about the fact that like the last three quarters they've beaten guidance on revenue and gross margins every single quarter. Right. And so who cares? Yeah, like they're they're providing conservative guidance, and I think that's something to keep in mind. Right. As we look forward. Um, all right. So, what are the. Because, okay, BNO revenue, da 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 da, they always do that. Um, what stood out? What was interesting in this report? Yeah. Uh, so, I think one of the coolest stats I saw was Apple, Apple's revenue growth in dollars, which is $51 billion year over year, uh, was more than the full year revenue of almost 90% of Fortune 500 companies. Woo! So, the incremental revenue that they yeah. got was more than most huge companies. 
Uh, I wonder what the because there's a give or take 193 countries on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious how how many people's GDPs that beats. Yeah, we talked several about dozen at least. I, I, would, think. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I one of the other things that I noticed. Um, Apple's not very acquisitive in terms of giant companies. Right. Um, they made 15 smaller acquisitions. Did anything yeah. is just like software stuff, right? Yeah, they like to buy up small people and just kind of with IP that they want. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just integrate into products. Um, so they noted in the conference call uh, the company completed 15 acquisitions in 2015. Uh, two just kind of to watch. Uh, Mateo um, is an augmented reality solutions provider. Uh, so you know maybe they're, they're maybe they're, they're diff- well. Hold on, they're gonna. <laughs> Augment my reality? I don't know about your reality. I think okay. all of our reality. Oh, okay. don't be wow. so selfish. <laughs> um, you know, so maybe they're dipping their foot in VR a little bit, uh, which would be kind of cool. I've seen right. some stuff that they've done recently where, uh, of course, it's it's tied to a U2 experience because why wouldn't it be Apple right. loves U2? Um, but they're doing this thing called the Experience Bus, which is like a an immersive VR U2 concert experience. The dry- and so it's it's one of those like cool novelty t- things yeah. that they're doing right now. Um, I don't know what. The more full fledged version of Apple's VR attempt looks like, but that's that's what we've seen so far. Um, and so you know you can expect to maybe hear a little bit more about um, some of the fruits from that Mateo acquisition down the road. Um, another one just to highlight what they've been doing: uh, MapSense, which is uh, visual uh, data analytics and kind of mapping out. And so Sweet. you know that's probably just strengthening their Apple Maps yeah. offering, things like that. But you know, so th- that's kind of where a lot of these acquisitions have lied is you know strengthening products that they're already offering or uh, dipping their toe in new markets. Right. Uh, talk to me about uh, revenue per phone and all that good stuff. Yeah. So people love looking at the ASP number. Right, you know, because right. like easy way to juice revenue, uh, you know, given that what like seventy percent of their revenue comes from iPhone sales, yeah. is for them to sell more iPhones or for them to sell them at a higher price point. Right, and so ASPs uh, for the quarter were uh, six hundred and seventy dollars, uh, which is up sixty seven dollars year over year. Wow, it is always staggering to me how they're able to charge a premium product for something that is so stinking commoditized on planet Earth. Yeah, it's staggering to me. They've yeah. been able to maintain this. This phone actually doesn't have as fast a processor as the Android, but here, have one. Because if you're thinking about it kind of like from a philosophical standpoint, it's like you're using the phone as an access point to your messaging and the web, right? And so their their ecosystem is that sticky that people love it. Um, And I guess they've just nailed product design and uh, user interface so well that uh, they're able to command that high price point. Um, And we'll probably touch on this a little bit more later, but um, one of the reasons this quarter was so good to them was iPhone sales in China. Yeah, uh, doing very well. Um, yeah, and we can touch on it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit. We, there, we can but... tease that and then get back into yeah. it a little bit. Stay tuned, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Um, what did the CFO have to say? That was always... Yeah, uh, it's in- interesting to get some color, especially because uh, they're an international company. Right. You know? And so, uh, with everything that, uh, you know, all the huge multinationals, something that everyone's facing is really difficult FX. Right. Uh, FX, right? And so, uh, I think one of the most interesting quotes from the conference call uh, and just kind of a testament to what their growth could have been in a different macroeconomic environment. Uh, Luca Maestri, uh, CFO, said, We achieved these outstanding results despite severe and persisting weakness in foreign exchange rates around the world that affected all of our geographic segments. This makes our year-over-year growth rates even more remarkable. In a constant currency, our growth during the fourth quarter would have been 800 basis points higher. 8%. Yeah. 
Oh my god! Which is insane. A company the size of Apple almost needs their own like trading floor to deal with all this currency and bonds and stuff. Like they yeah. they have like 170 billion in treasuries. Like they almost need their own investment bank or something. Yeah, and they started getting into some of the hedging philosophy a little right. bit on the conference call. What did and they say? I'm curious now. I, but... Honestly, a lot of that stuff's kind of way over my head. All right, you know? I'll look so, later, yeah. so uh, you know, I'll stick to the stocks and okay. kind of talk about it that way. But um, you know, it, it's something that they've provided some color to if you want some reassurance there. But the reality is like this is a macroeconomic factor that's going to impact pretty much every multinational company. This is going to keep going, yeah. And so, for them to be uh, posting these kind of results in spite of that, I think it's fantastic. Um, so, the stock was up modestly, and I think it was up 2% after hours when the earnings first came out, and you mentioned that it was, of course, up 5% since the, you know, ever Yeah, since over the, the last couple yeah, days. Give or take. Yeah. Um, so, I assume the forward guidance was at least decent or Yeah, it was positive. pretty solid. Uh, revenue expected to be somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $75.5 billion to $77.5 billion. Um, and that's compared to fiscal year uh, Q1 2015, uh, $74.6 So, Gross margins of 39 to 40%. Good Lord. Yeah. I'm looking at the note here. Um, and uh, before we sign up, did Kim, Tim Cook say anything interesting? Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a couple things he got into, uh, and we could talk about a little bit more specific to certain segments, but I think uh, something that was reassuring to some of the analysts on the call. He's raising prices, isn't he? <laughs> well, he, he had alluded to the fact that they expect growth in the iPhone segment in Q1. Okay. And so one of the analysts had kind of drilled him on that. It was like, is this something that we're going to see because of units, or are we going to see it because of ASPs? Uh, you know what's going to be driving that, and right. and he said it's going to be both. Awesome. So yeah, okay. uh, we, we should expect that ASP trend to continue to go up uh, and strong unit growth as well. Cool. Before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to the newly redesigned Focus.Fool.com. There, you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry-focused listeners. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to Focus.Fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is Focus.Fool.com. And uh, so, what are we, the other trick to Apple is, and we don't talk about a lot, is their enterprise segment. Mm-hmm. What do they talk about in the quarter? Yeah, I love this quote from Tim Cook. Uh, the enterprise business segment is not to be underestimated. I doubt how many people knew that we had a $25 billion enterprise business that we've quietly built in not too many years. Surprise! Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, this is the first time that I've seen that they put a value on it. Right. I, like I looked back at the last three quarterly reports, for, so basically the entire fiscal year, and all mentions of it were specific to initiatives that they had you know, undergone with like IBM or other partners, um, or you know, like some of the things that they're doing in the space, but nothing that said, this is what it is. Now, just for our listeners that uh, may or may not uh, know what Apple's enterprise business does, or me, <laughs> um, they're clearly not doing what AWS does at Amazon for just storing data for companies and everything. Right. What are they doing? Uh, it's, it's basically like a more mobile-friendly solution for a lot of these you know, major, major businesses. Um, and so, uh, just kind of enabling the, the workforce um, to be a little bit more flexible with the platforms that they're working on. And I think one of the big struggles right now, so everything that is specific to enterprise generally has to do with iPad, iPhone, or Mac. Right? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> the three major hardware segments for them. Um, I think one of the limitations, this is something Tim Cook has talked about in past quarterly calls, is uh, having the right productivity solutions in place to support what people need to be doing on their devices. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, I think one of the things that we're seeing, and maybe this is in response to and trying to kind of catalyze their enterprise segment, is um, the iPad Pro. And this will be launching in November. Uh, and you know some of the functionality that we're seeing with that, and the Apple Pencil, and just kind of making it a more robust offering, so that it is not this Netflix watching device, right? You know, and it is something that you can comfortably be working on 
you know, whether it's design work, um, maybe some Excel work. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen some solutions that are more like Bloomberg oriented. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, like you're clearly getting into much more niche audiences right. with that kind of stuff. Um, they've also talked about uh, some of their strategic partnerships with Cisco, um, some of the stuff they've been doing with IBM. So, it looks like they're kind of scattershotting here a little bit and right. getting uh, getting their products a little bit more out there. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so moving on to the story of the day, which was their uh, performance in China. Yeah. Um, everybody's you know macroeconomically talking about the slowdowns in China and all this stuff or whatever. Uh, Apple probably has a different opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They don't seem phased by it. At that's all. well, you know, their 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 middle class consumer market is the population of the United States, so that's that's going for them. Um, was it sixty five percent year over year growth in emerging markets? What was it in China? Ninety nine percent year over year. Oh my god! And so that's that's uh, twelve point five billion. Uh, yeah, insane. Um, and iPhone six was the number one selling smartphone in mainland China the last quarter. Uh, iPhone six plus was the number three selling smartphone. Wow! Um, and you know, I think. Obviously, like U.S., Europe, uh, their luxury brands there enjoy a certain brand cachet. I think right. that's perhaps even more true uh, for the Chinese market. For so, sure. So yeah. I think that's why they've enjoyed so much success there and why they're going to continue to. You know, you think about how big their footprint is there, and it's well, tiny compared to the addressable market. Um, I mean, I visited China in uh, 2009, and the, the the thing that struck me was um, the dominance of American brands there. Mm-hmm. Um, Pizza Hut was a luxury restaurant. And it was just like amazing, you know. You had a LeBron James cutout at McDonald's, and to see Apple as this premium brand there, perhaps more so than here, is like you need to slap yourself. Like, oh my gosh! So yeah. yeah. Um. So what was the statistic? Uh, I happened to come across it in China. Sixty-five percent of the people that purchased an iPad, it was the first tablet they've ever owned. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're going to try out a tablet, I definitely want this experience. Like, oh, iPad's probably a sure bet. Like, yeah, I'm just do it. Um. And uh. Forty percent of the people that bought the iPad and never own an Apple product. Yeah, that sounds weird to me. Like, yeah, usually you don't think of uh, the iPad as like the intro product, right? For the I, I would think it'd be I don't know a phone or a computer. Yeah, so um, that's but weird. It, just another way for them to be getting people into their ecosystem, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm also particularly <laughs> curious because um, we've done many a show about uh, how coy Apple has been regarding the watch. Yeah, did they say anything? It was another. Uh, it was another struggle for clarity with the watch. Got uh, it. And this is <laughs> this is something we talked about uh, with last earnings call, um, and how they had been kind of cagey. You know, they talked about their other business segment, uh-huh. but they didn't break out specifically what the watch contributed to that. So Apple says um, Apple Watch accounted for more than one hundred percent of the year year over year growth in net sales of other products. This is the same stuff they pulled last quarter. Mm-hmm. Other products, yeah. and oh yeah, we're we're satisfied with the growth. It's met our internal projections. Yeah. Uh, can and you add any more color here? Like, yeah. So we're lucky in that some other tech outlets have been very good about digging through the data and kind of helping us out. Um, so Venture Beats, Chris O'Brien, kind of ran through the 10Q, pulled some great info for us. Um, so as you mentioned, the 100% year-over-year growth in other product segment. There's a little math here. So, if other products grew from roughly 8.4 billion in 2014 to about just over 10 billion in 2015, uh-huh. and that's driving, that's being driven by 100% growth in the watch specifically. Um, the ballparks that the Apple Watch probably sold about 1.7 billion, right? For Apple, um, when you fa- when you factor in the fact that uh, it was only available for less than half a year, uh-huh. you kind of annualize that out and say, okay, well, this is at least like a 3.5 billion dollar segment for them. If you were to look at a whole year, right? Right. Um, 
I think one of the other things that you have to find <laughs> pretty encouraging about the Apple Watch is that, uh, you know, last time we talked, they said, okay, uh, June was stronger than May or April. And right. this is something that a lot of people were worried about is that sales were declining and weakening rather mm-hmm. than strengthening as the product was available for a longer period of time. So uh, it ended the quarter stronger than it began it, um, you know, last quarter. And they said in this conference call uh, that it was up sequentially. So you're seeing growth on growth, which is great. Right. The problem is we don't have much more insight than that. No, we don't. Yeah. Unbelievable. I really can't wait. So three, four months to now, uh, from now, I cannot wait to find out how the watch performs uh, during the holiday season. Yeah. That. Right. How many stockings is this device going to be in? <laughs> it's a perfect size. For sure. It is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect stocking stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, Dylan, thanks for your thoughts. Let's go get some pizza and look at some crazy costumes. Sounds great. Awesome. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Dylan Lewis, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!